When I was young it seemed that life was so wonderful. Oh yeah. And all the birds in the tree well they'd be singing so happily. Oh yeah. Oh they showed me a world where I could be so dependable. Oh yeah. There are times when all the world should learn their fucking place and do what I say. Hello. <laughs> and welcome to the Rules of Acquisition. A podcast where we will be going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. The best Star Trek show to, you know, really get into all that religion stuff that we love the most. That all Star Trek fans love. A lot of religion in this episode. (laughs) Yes. Uh, With me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guys. And Hugh Crawford. A good evening. (laughs) <laughs> Good evening. My name Salutations. Uh, on this journey will with you will be uh, uh Konnichiwa. <laughs> Willkommen. My name is Wade Bowen. And yep, we're talking about an episode called A Session. A session. Yes. This episode is episode 16 of season four. It originally aired on February 26th, 1996. And here is the IMDb description. A man claiming to be the emissary comes through the wormhole. Cisco is happy to give up his position. Meanwhile, Keiko returns and O'Brien stops spending time with Bashir. That's a rather succinct <laughs> description, but it's exactly true how those things happen in this episode. Yeah, it's uh, all about people returning. Guys, I don't know how you feel about this. However, I think a case could be made. This is the most important episode of the season. I don't think he's wrong on this. What? And I need to uh, to answer your question, though. Yes. I I think I have to separate. Like, there was a lot of things. Like, I was frustrated with everything that was going on in story. But not in, like, a, what the fuck are they doing this story this way? But, like, like these people, you know, like, in the good way. Like, I'm irritated at these people in this show. Like, in the way that you want to be irritated right well easy you're getting that's not your culture you're getting irritated you are right now come on (laughs) you need to be tolerant the cisco had to himself i i the cisco faces in this episode alone no here it is (laughs) this whole okay this is my thinking about it if i could just before we get go go i'm listening this is my thinking on it we have star trek this show and the star trek federation are intertwined Mm -hmm. through all the series deep space nine is an exception because of this and because of this episode at the it, at the beginning in the very first episode of Deep Space 9 we have a character who has an experience and is basically a religious figure but also trying to manage his federation duties and for four and a half seasons he's felt a certain way about his role as a religious icon mm-hmm. this episode changes that for the rest of the series and his trajectory is never the same again at this point, this show is not about the Federation and their ideals in this world that, that Roddenberry's built. It's about this, this man's journey and the people that he's tied to through this religious position he has. And his attitude towards that has changed. It's like a second act yeah. change in a story. Yeah. And it's never the same again. Yeah, they kind of hinted at it with that Bajoran Nostradamus prophecies destiny or something but you're right i think you're right that this is like where he really yeah where, where he's like oh tell me more about these prophecies guy that and yeah, i mean like it ends with like the you know, skip to the end it ends with the prophet saying no we are we are religious figures for bajor and we pick the cisco kind pick of you, yeah and and we don't know why right. this asshole is right. It's a part. Oh, they but they do say why he's there because yeah. But we'll get there. But if if you bear with me for one second, when in a larger picture, we've got the five year mission. That's the premise of the first show, right? Mm-hmm. And that five year mission is directly tied to the Federation. Yeah. And, and so the story is a Federation story. Then you've got the next generation. And what they what they are they are the standard bearers, the vanguard of that legacy of the first five year mission. They're the next generation, and it's a purely Federation show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Deep Space Nine, which is not a Federation show, and then you've got Voyager, which is basically a Federation captain doing her duty to get 
her Federation ship back to Federation space. It's a, again, it's a very Federation-centered show where their ideals are always in play and right. what they stand for is always in play. And then, of course, you've got Enterprise, which is the birth of this of the Federation. Right, so right. this is the, this is what makes yeah. this captain and his relationship to this religion is what makes this show so unique. Because from here on out, what the Federation wants as an institution takes a back seat. Bajor is the kind of the main focus. Sure. Even the star of the show is still the captain, but he's an outsider almost to the core. I mean, if it's, if the whole arc of the series is about the Bajor situation, which you could also argue it turns into being about the Dominion War, but like for the whole series, but it's all about Bajor's place and he's, you know, coming in to try to shepherd it, but he's not, uh, or is he, but he is of Bajor. (laughs) Well, and you, you think about like, so, okay. So in this episode you have at the end, the confirmation that Cisco has been anointed by these higher level evolved organisms to have kind uh, of they're awfully obtuse, aren't they? Yeah, to have some importance of a religious nature to a planet of people. Yeah. Now that is not that uncommon from an episode of the original series, but it wouldn't have been Kirk. Kirk would have met a former like Garth of whatever or what you know, where you meet someone where space aliens turn him into a god, you know, turn a character into a god. Yeah. Yeah, and so you have, like, those things happen all the time. Right. But Kirk is always kind of like, well, the, first off, it's always a villain. He's always overpowered. Uh, in, and then it's always like, you know, he's got to go, and we, we got out of that situation, and he's got to go on his own journey. But, like, with this, we're actually on the journey, and it is the captain. So it is a little bit complicated. It's a little, a lot more interesting. Um, in some ways, makes the character increasingly more obtuse. Not in a bad way, but just Cisco becomes yeah. a little bit more unknowable. Where I think, right. I think, like at the end of the show, I mean, well, I'm, yeah, this I'm, this is a this is a, an emotional spoiler. But at the end of the show, you feel less. You can't look at Cisco and like relate to him anymore right well see and that's right well it's also it's kind of like the i mean and then you know religion obviously is a big part of it mm-hmm. and it aside from other star trek that has this human thing this kind of really embraces the like two things being true and it, the it's it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense but it but we we're fine with it yeah. and the, the paradox is we embrace it you know and, and it's unknowable and that's and just, even we, quoting we, thomas aquinas with the the person of faith that makes all sense, but the person without faith, there is, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Kira has her whole religious thing. We're like, oh yeah, well, you know, yeah. If you understand it, you know what I'm talking about. You well, know, you know, I, you I de- view a lot of, I view religion, yeah, in general. And this might be a character flaw, or it might not be in my part. I don't know. It's frustrating bullshit for the most part. <laughs> I, I think I, this, I, I know that you feel I know that you feel different way. I mean, it I'm is, gonna, I'm but just, it does it. before you go because you you got more to say than me. And yeah. I, I felt exactly the same way with this episode. Yeah, yeah, I figured. <laughs> yeah, this and this episode yeah. brings it out. Like, why do you choose to believe nonsense if you just if you just arrive at the conclusion that it's you know frustrating nonsense? Like, well, <sighs> I think I think the operative term there is nonsense because it's obviously not nonsense to the person, and you know. My my whole way of kind of like the universe doesn't make sense. <laughs> Two things are true at the same time, and it's because you can't really wrap your brain around it. You just have to, you know, that's the unknowable is what religion is based on, the fact that the universe contradicts well, itself. Well, I would say that. I, I would say that. I don't want to speak for you, but I would want to sort of correct that statement by the unknown versus the unknowable. And I and I but I get I get your point on that, but I would say that yeah. a a Well, I yeah, the unknown and the unknown the unknown is constantly shrinking. The problem is it's still alive. it's never yeah. there's always going to be the un it's it's an infinite thing. Well, I don't so. want to I, I don't want to steer it too much. I like yeah. I wasn't trying to bash religion in general. And most of it, oh, no, most okay. of the time I'm I'm perfectly fine with it as long as it doesn't harm anybody but in this episode it clearly yeah. harms somebody and we can get to that yeah. later well i i, I agree too because yeah <laughs> you can oh, bash, yeah, you can okay. bash so, you know, oh, all right I mean, so we'll, we we'll get oh, oh, you we'll, know what are the things we're not supposed to talk about uh, <laughs> politics and religion we'll open up this episode with what's the first thing that happens in this episode okay yeah yeah somebody gets um, they they basically find they pull this guy this guy comes out of a wormhole 
you know, weird ass ship, right? What? Right. Well, the first scene is. Oh yeah, yeah. We have this B plot. More flyboys. <laughs> oh yeah. They're cleaning up. Yeah, the B plot of O'Brien's wife comes back. I think I can actually make the case that the B plot is pretty important too, but. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for the arc of the where the characters go and everything. Yeah, yeah. I just like the, you know they're cleaning his pad before she gets back. His year as a bachelor because yeah she hasn't been on the show in a while. But I, when they were cleaning it out, I was just like I don't even know where O'Brien is sleeping. Oh, he's not sleeping at Julian's. Not sleeping. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think. I, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, I, I think. Didn't they say in an earlier episode that he had to clean out his room because... Yeah, he set it up as a workshop. He's probably got a couch that he's been sleeping on. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But and then he goes and gets his wife out, of, meets them, you know, at the space dock or whatever. And she, she's been gone a year. And then she's like, hey, Miles, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and at first I'm like, what? Yeah. But yeah, like, oh, yeah, she's been you- visiting, so it's okay. <laughs> like, I thought like, he, he's re- he reacted... Rather nonchalantly to his wife being pregnant when he hasn't seen her for a year. Surprise! <sighs> At night? Oh, oh no, gee, he's seen her. Okay, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And he, but he makes a whole big thing, like like four lines about how he just fucked her the once. Like I was like, you can kind of skim over this guy's like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, I I love that he's like I thought we were gonna be doing. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I know I said I wanted another baby. Yeah. Just because I thought we'd get a lot more fucking in. I thought it'd take a couple of nights. I tell you what. It, I tell you what, though, if that baby <laughs> comes out and it's green and it's and it looks like a like it, it mostly eats through photosynthesis, <laughs> some weird shit happened down on Basil. <laughs> what was her? What was the guy? The name of the guy that was trying to fuck her that they named? Oh Jake? yeah, that guy. The guy that he threw the hissy fit about in that horrible episode. I don't remember that guy. Yeah. But yes, I I know. Right, he does have six books yeah. that are canon about him. Though. <laughs> right, oh, that was the episode with Lisa Turtle, right? No, that that was the episode where everybody's trying to fuck everybody uh, because Loxana Troy went into menopause. Okay. Yeah, um, okay, right, right. Okay. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> it's been forgotten. Right, so anyway, <laughs> we've got we've got the Flyboys back and Keiko's back and she's pregnant and yeah. they've got it and, and and O'Brien's got a deal with being disappointed that he doesn't get to try quote unquote yeah. several several times well, anyway, i guess that i once i wrote yeah. it i was like oh is, is he supposed to be upset because like she's pregnant with a second baby which basically means that he will never fuck again <laughs> that's what it sounds like and it turns out that that's kind of what the that's, plot of it was yeah i think well, i don't know yeah, yeah i mean i don't know i i don't have any kids well so then like, he was talking about then he has that weird line about wanting to try for twins <laughs> try for twins right in front of his daughter uh, and well and more importantly, the, the TV audience. I was like, we could have gone without yeah. having seen that, <laughs> that weird mode on his face. That sort of sad and desperate uh, asking for <laughs> sex is. I like this. Was, was uh, well, sad and desperate, but. but uh, yep. <laughs> and she's like, I don't think that's how it oh, works. Yeah, yeah. She's she's great in this. She's great. Yeah. Rosalind, what a shrew. Am I right? No, she's fantastic. This whole thing. Yeah. Nothing but a supportive white. All you Keiko haters. What is wrong with yeah, you? Yeah. Rose, Rosalind Chow's pretty much yeah, the best. There isn't this yeah. like, I, I think it's like the next scene over in this plot, but when he's, he's, she's having to get work done. She has to like, whatever. She's like finish up her work. And so he's like, I'll watch Molly. And he keeps asking Molly to do things. And Molly wants to do things by herself. Oh yeah. I, people who listen to this podcast know that I am stay at home. Dad. With a little girl. Right. And when she says, I want to do something by myself, I go, cool, I will get out my cell phone <laughs> or a book. And that's pretty much cool because right. <laughs> I'm doing what I want to do. You're near your daughter. You could rub her a little back, pet her head. You're not upset. Give her a little kiss on the cheek, but you don't have to play her dumbass game. <laughs> Like what? you mean, you're not upset that she doesn't want to color with right. you? That she won't let like, you color with? I was like, what's wrong with you, O'Brien? I'm more frustrated when she wants me to color. Well, here's the thing: what's wrong is that, like, you, you know, she's gonna have a whole childhood, and she doesn't want her memories of her father to be just sitting on his phone after not seeing her for a year. Though, like, that's probably what he's. But, th- but she's clearly not into. She's clearly not. No, she's yeah. clearly. She clearly doesn't give a rip but he's probably <laughs> right. thinking i do when i'm dead i don't want my daughter to just remember me yeah. 
you know. Have you ever spent a year apart from your daughter? I've never spent a year apart. <laughs> maybe, maybe then you'd want to play darts with her. I don't know. That, that, is, that is true. I mean, you're, you're right. But I, it just seemed to me that like he was oddly unadaptive to right. it. Because what it made him want to do is not spend time with his daughter. The look on his face is that I want to go fuck around with my boyfriend. That's what the look was. <laughs> right. Like, so, uh, you know, in the context of the show. So it wasn't like I'd be more sympathetic if it was like that. He feels like that he's. If it was like a cat's in the cradle situation, but yeah, it was it was a broke back dartboard <laughs> situation, <laughs> right? So. Yeah, I guess we can just fill out the B plot now, and then at the the yeah. right. the last scene, she kind of like sets him back up because she's she's tired of his shit too. Mm-hmm. Well, I <laughs> think like, that she's just a a good person and into into what her husband needs. I think that's what it is. I think. Oh yeah, she's not mean about it. She's like, oh, he's depressed. She does the like. Oh, Julian's depressed, and then she calls Julian up and says, "Oh, Miles is depressed," and you know she's because she knows they're both stubborn people and wouldn't admit that they miss each other to each other. So she plays matchmaker a little bit, and it's nice. Yeah, thing. they were oddly for a married couple who loves each other after a year. They were oddly over with the greetings pretty quickly. He made a couple of fuck jokes, and I mean, then they were done. <laughs> like they didn't go out to right. eat or like tell a bunch of stories. Right. Or, I mean, she's, know, like, that wasn't that wasn't the best yeah. best structured yeah. thing. But I think mm-hmm. it's supposed to be a reoccurring thing. Because like, last time she got off a ship, she like Molly was like barfing or yeah. something like that. And like, I think I don't know. I think they were going for something there. But you're right. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't organic. But like I said, I think the B plot was pretty important because I think James mentioned the last episode that this was the first time that they were hanging out and it didn't seem forced or weird. Mm-hmm. And I think that, see, O'Brien's not interesting. Okay. He's, you can <laughs> say he's not interesting. You could say that. <laughs> Tell the writers they, they, they spun half of right. the first two seasons around. This them. is the thing. That's as a feature, not a bug. Mm-hmm. Okay. He represents what it would be like to have a normal family, quote unquote normal. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's whatever's normal. But I mean, the whole point of him is he's a pro. He's a white working class guy. Like, he's the everyman, right? Uh, he's the anti Spock or Odo. Yeah. You know, who are there just to, you know, be G was special guys, whatever, to get you out of jam. You've got a, a guy who gets off work, you know, and wants to go home to his wife. And so by giving him a normal friend, you, you know, you're seeing what that friendship means to him and Bashir's an asshole. So you actually get to humanize him a little bit through, through O'Brien. Yeah. 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 So that the friendship over time really does. And they did a smart thing with it because there was a few scenes early in the, in the season where they would just like hang back and only have like a, like they would be playing darts and they'd cut to them and they'd just have you know, a few little lines or whatever. So they were like kind of like background players, but they were still paired together as background players. Yeah. So it seemed it, they didn't force it on the audience for this whole season. They've slowly built it. I felt like, yeah, and we finally had that payoff. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. fine. So, no, it it, it yeah. works. It, it works. Very, right. It works very well. Now the a plot where we've got this old dude that comes out. Yeah, Vedic Portajon and uh, a Coram Lamb Portajon. Well, Vedic Porta. Oh, Porta. Okay. Yeah. Porta. Okay. Porta. That's his Mad Magazine. Is oh, Porta. Okay. Yeah. okay. That's great. Yeah, I like yeah. that. that Sorry. Yeah. No, that's pretty. It's, it's pretty I'm good. real zany, guys. Uh, yeah. Zany. I, I feel like I ruined your joke by like commenting on it. I was wondering if it actually was his name, and I was going to join you, but no, I got no, it. I, yeah. I, 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 I got what he was doing. I was appreciating it. <laughs> I was and a then, bad yeah. scene partner there. You didn't ruin nothing. Don't I'm worry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and James. <laughs> the. the uh, the, the, this cat crawls out of his ship, finds out he's he's get, he gets like two pieces of news, right? Yeah, and he's equally um, it's like he gets a piece of horrible news. Everybody he knows is dead. Mm-hmm. He's two hundred <laughs> right. years in the future, and then he gets a piece of great news. Uh, everybody loves his work. They're a big fan. Oh still, yeah, after yeah. all this time. Yeah, he flew. They got to reuse that um, digital model from Explorers they, for when his craft did. comes, his light ship he, comes. He out. did get a he did get a third bad piece of news though. Oh, about the he's occupation. Gotta, he's got to talk to mud people, <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, right. So that's and you know, and then uh, we get to learn about a caste system that I don't think has been brought oh, up yeah. before. The, I mean, Dijara, I mean, can the, our major nor- nerds that, that are listening explain to us, maybe in a phone call, if we've heard about the Dajaras before? But there's this thing called the Dajaras, which is 
a caste system. Yeah. That everybody with a certain name has to follow a certain, you know, yeah. job. I'm 98% sure that they made that up for this episode, but it works. It works great. <laughs> and actually casts the, the Bajoran people in a completely different light yeah, preoccupation. Yeah, in my notes, I actually go, oh, the Bajorans were shitty. That was like what I wrote. Yes. So yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> right. But, but... Katara's song and, and Call of the Prophets are the greatest and Goddali's Lament. It's like the fucking words worth or that they made kids memorize in high school or whatever. But oh. I have never seen a poem as beautiful as a flower or whatever that <laughs> made, they made us memorize in school. Yes. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this guy thinks that everybody's off their the Jara tip and they need to get back on it. And it's interesting because if you think about uh if we had a man out of time from two hundred years ago, what kind of horrible shit exactly, he would come up exactly, with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. You and, know. and and Cisco is like overjoyed because in the cold open he Vedic Portajan tells him he has to do like a blessing where he's like for this a uh, couple like one this girl that gets to wear Kira's old uniform. That I noticed that that she's ditched. clearly wearing Kira's old uniform. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a little large yeah. on her. Man, he has to hide his baseball and did she call it Ansur Taran because Montana Karen. But you know the Cisco's Bajoran's a lot better. He's learning the accents and than my interpretation. And you see that he hates doing it, and then he's kind of just going through the motions, but he's still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the quorum uh, comes back and he's going through the prophecies and he's like, oh, wait a minute. He, it's like he just now learns that Nostradamus is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, uh, oh, this could be him too. And the Starfleet's thrilled because he's not the. It, oh, he can I don't give think we up. actually said that. I don't. I mean, everybody's probably watched this episode, but we didn't actually say that he now is convinced that he's the emissary. I am the emissary. Did we say that? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh the, the guy who yeah, the yeah, wormhole yeah. is yeah, convinced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He came out. They patched this fucker up, and, and yeah. he takes the patching up as uh, a sign that they want him to lead Bajor mm. into right. whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing that happened when Cisco took that light ship, even if they didn't call it a light ship. Then a girder came out, and it, it hit the guy on the shoulder, but then the yeah. prophets fixed him up. But uh, yeah, and then Cisco's like, "All right, I'm off the hook." Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Fuck this religious <laughs> bullshit. I did all the math, and it seems to work better for him. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so everybody's cool. Like, okay, first off, like that was the first thing. Can the emissary just accept? Like, can he abdicate to? Like, I don't get Messiah politics. I guess right, right. But it, uh, and probably no one is a is a. I'm an expert in Messiah politics. I went to yeah, yeah. I went to Harvard and Sorbonne, like to study. But um, right. Like Odo's got questions for Kira about it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, just does it feel like? And she's like, "Oh, I'm fine with it." It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And she, that's when we get. Okay, the- so that is supposed to be. Let's talk about that first. Okay, so he abdicates, and then um, what's his name? A quorum. Yeah, I, I don't think he looked. Line. I don't think he looked a lot like Borat, but I, he did say when he first one of the first things he he, he did, did say, say my, my wife. 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 I, did. I was like, he looks enough yeah. like Borwat. Yeah, I, I wrote that down too. My <laughs> wife, uh, my parents, my, my wife. But I was like, okay, he looks enough like Borat. But, uh, but I'm wife. like, I'm calling him Borat. Okay, so he comes out, and they're going to announce the. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, aren't we making a clever we, joke? We were all wrong about the Cisco, <laughs> and ever. Oops, <laughs> like that's what their posters said for the new. Like, oops. Yeah, and. And then so he's so Odo's talking to Kira because she's like, you worshipped Cisco like a week ago. Yeah. Not only that, but you've like been with him as these major events have happened to him. Yeah. So he was never the emissary. And she's like, well, I, I don't know. So she, religion, we just make the shit up as we go along. And that's so how they quote like, her in her faith. So it's supposed to be like a definitive moment of her expression of faith. Right. And they even have her quote, like, you know, Thomas Aquinas, which is like this famous quote about faith that's like the shield to, I don't want to call it a shield, but it works as like a. Yeah, yeah. As, as like a, as like a, you know, like sort of an explanation for faith for people who aren't faithful. And then they sort of proceed to kind of shit on her. Like she comes off as dumb as shit. 
and like gullible, and like she would have drunk the Kool Aid at Jonestown. Why? Because she, cause she's making shitty bird sculpture. Yes, because she would have drunk the Kool Aid at Birdstown, or at Jim- <laughs> 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 she would have drunk the Kool Aid at Jonestown. She would have killed herself with the Nikes because the hill bop is coming. Like she came off as as goofy. And I've been around religious people my whole life. And religious people, you know, I get religious people. I don't think that transition wouldn't have been that easy for a normal religious person. I think it came off as too, like, oh, I worship Cisco, and now I worship Borat, and he tells me that I have to quit my job and sculpture, and that's what I'm going to do. She's a little bit too, like, right. She's a religious person, so she just accepts everything real quickly, and that's not necessarily what a religious person does. She strikes me as the kind of woman where you... I I think they showed her struggling with it. I mean, she she was giving all the right answers, but her body language and face said that she was was having a hard time with it internally. I think she was... It's not just me that thinks she come off like a sister wife in this, right? A little bit, though. I I was going to get to that, because, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, well, like, clearly, she's not not like a Paul Tillich or anything where faith yeah. or doubt is no. part of faith, which, but that's a whole other thing. I don't need to get into my religious <laughs> place, but, uh, we'll have to pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like any religion, like any religion, um, you gotta pay for the good <laughs> shit. <laughs> but the, the, Akoram is bringing back the Dajara and his whole thing is like, Oh, I know where I can save Bajor. You know, it's cause we have this caste system and all the, it, he basically says, because these people will be happier. Black people would be happier as slaves. We have to go back to the earth. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what he said. We have to go back to said. the 1950s. That's exactly what he said. Yeah, if, we, if, we, if we go back to the old ways, we can erase the occupation. It'll be like it never happened. We can just forget history. and It will be as if the occupation never happened. You know, and sure, it really sucks for the lower caste, but that's their lot in life, and they need to be okay with it, and they'll be happier that way. You know, and... They make Kira's class the Itara, I think maybe was hers, um, is the artist class. But it just as easily could have been like Mars Hill. That's a church in Seattle where they're like, oh, oh, you're a woman. You should. Well, you have to go be a wife and subservient. You know, women can't be leaders or soldiers or anything. You have to go be an artist or it's the same kind of thing. They're they're changing it up a little bit to keep it. Keep the emotion there without the like the sort of too close to you know without getting all political. I mm-hmm. yeah, that's exactly what he gets up there and he delivers like you know like a fucking like Francisco Franco speech. And oh yeah, I mean they bring up deportation for people yes. for farmers, forced deportation. I was like, oh oh, I was, I was like, and oh, not only we, that, we're getting but topical the, here. They casually just say that we're going to holocaust these people that don't conform. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they just yeah. Kind, of, okay. kind of throw that in. They, but then they call it an exile. Yeah, Vedic Portajad pushes a guy off of... They said exile, right? They, they were going to deport Yeah, them. but to where? Yeah, they say deportation for farmers that won't quit farming, yeah. and then that's not the case. I guess, I guess off-world kinda, to deport them off the planet. It's kind of like whenever Richard Spencer ever talks about uh, having a soft yeah. deportation of all... Look... Look, I don't mean we need to kill all the black people. I mean, we can talk about it, but we can just move them to. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's look, it's, look, it's, it's a really totally, it's stuff. a final solution. We don't, we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, so like, I, right. I think that's what he's saying. I don't want to kill black people, but if they won't move when we make them, <laughs> what are we supposed to do? They're, they're disrupting. And so he gives this speech, and and by the way, the Cisco watching it on television cliche was amazing. Yeah, because like I loved, yeah, that I was. loved Cisco was there, but not that you know he was watching it. And I don't know why no one in the government, like in the political organization or the military organization of the Federation, didn't say to Cisco, "Do we know what this guy's politics are?" <laughs> like, right. Well, they're non-interventionists. They're like, it doesn't matter. It's their call now, and they they're so uncomfortable. Right. That's true. They're so uncomfortable with him being a religious figure. They're like, oh, thank God. Just get him out of there because we're so, you know, we're, we're that atheist communist well, society. Cisco later does make it clear that he wasn't sure how, how it worked. Like, he didn't know that he would want, yeah, yeah. like, the position. Like, he didn't know that 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, he expresses this regret later on. Right. No, he does. He does. I, don't mean, I don't mean to jump ahead, actually, but yeah. like, when we're if, talking about... If Akorum wasn't totally racist, he'd probably been okay with not being the emissary. Hmm. Sure. Or, or, you know, whatever his cast is, you know. And then, because he even goes to him and he's like, you know, this is against the Federation Charter, right? This shit's not cool. And the guy's like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, fuck it. Uh, me and Kai Win are going to, yeah. And he's Win like, and yeah. I are okay yeah. with that. I, I, at that time, I was like, did they plant him? Is this a Kai Win scam? Oh, yeah. You know, and, I, and so I was like, I was like, you know, my dander was up because, I mean, obviously it's going somewhere. And I've watched this episode, like, Gilligan. I've watched this episode a thousand years ago. I don't remember it. But it was, it's distressing. It just it was like, the whole thing was just distressing. Yeah. And I don't know why, like, it, I wasn't comfortable with Cisco being stupid enough to hand it over to this guy without knowing what he was going to do with it. And uh, I, yeah. But, well, I think that what it was is that he just assumed he knew the Bajoran people. Right, right. And that, that that's the yeah. miscalculation, is yeah. that he didn't know them 200 years ago. When, they, when he, I met the guy, he seemed like such a nice guy. Right. Yeah. Some of them are nice people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he, he was so nice to me. How could he be so... I mean, he can't, He complimented uh, yeah. me. Say he, what you will. He used to want me to announce a guy who's complimented me. <laughs> right. I didn't realize it, but the guy who plays the the fake emissary was Fletch's boss from yeah. the Fletch yeah. movie. That's where I recognize him from. And he was a last minute, he was a last minute hire. Too. Oh, he's, I think because he's fantastic in this, by the way. I think he fits. Iris Stephen Bear doesn't. What? Iris Stephen Bear wrote, they, he wrote, or he didn't write the role. Actually, a, a new person that's really, that's really pedigreed named Jane Espenson wrote it. But, um, oh, she's great. Yeah, 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 she's great. She worked on Battlestar. She's worked on, she's still working. She's a worker. Yeah, 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 yeah. She worked, she co produced Dollhouse with Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. yeah, she's, she's, yeah, she's got a good pedigree. She's a pedigree. But that was written, and, and Iris Stephen Bear went to the mattresses for David Warner, great British actor who was in Straw Dogs. He's in, he's in two different. He's in both uh, Star Trek V and Star Trek VI as different characters, and he was the Cardassian that was torturing Picard. Oh, that Command. guy. Yeah, I mean, that he would have been great, too. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes And yes. he would have been amazing, but, like, and he said yes, but then his wife, like, threw fit or something. Anyway, so it was, like, the last minute Iris Stephen Bear was, like, trying to pull all of, like, the bullshit and Rick Berman but it didn't work, and so they end up having to cast. I think guy. Fletch's boss does a great job. I actually. think so. Too, yeah. I, I think he's he, he, yeah, he yeah. looks like he could have been a yeah. Bajoran poet. I mean, just the way, he, yeah, from two hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah, I think he, the way he looked and carried himself, and his, his, like he had thoughtful re, like reactions, and yeah, you could I, see that he was processing all this new information. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was great, actually. I liked him. I thought. I think it's it was a it was a role that if given to another like you know day player or whatever could have really been really could have screwed the pooch on this whole episode. It could have been like really yeah. It's the kind of right. it's the kind of role that could have yeah, been really but, odious or right. I mean David Warner would have been yeah great yeah too, David Warner's but, amazing. Yeah, this guy's fine. I, yeah. I I have a deep conflicted love with the movie Straw Dogs and he's pretty great in it. So I always kind of ride for that movie. Oh, yeah. I mean it's it's got gross elements. Yeah, he there. grabs. Cisco's paw. What? Yeah, he grabs his uh, yeah, paw yeah. and he goes, he, "What a many big paw. paw you got." I see why <laughs> Kyle yes. Packer liked you. <laughs> hey, it, that was a weird scene. Yeah, I, I like. I liked that because I didn't know where it was going, and and I liked that. But Vedic Boral has already told us that ear grabbing shit's bullshit. But whatever, we'll I'll let it pass. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's two hundred years old. He doesn't know that. <laughs> I guess he's sort of a like a Mishima like character. Oh, you yeah. know, like a poet. Yeah, yeah, yeah he kind of like is because I mean, Mishima was like, "Yeah, I'm samurai class." Fuck y'all. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think that if we found somebody from 200 years ago, and you know, they yeah, right. they, they would probably yeah, think like yeah. bloodletting was like uh-huh. was like a common medical practice. So the fact that he's tugging on ears and it, it you yeah. know, we know it to be bullshit is. They, I don't, I'm glad that they don't waste a lot of time with him, like a, like a fish out of water, like yeah, Zeno yeah. man shit. Right. Yeah. They don't do that. They could. Yeah. That's a good call. Not to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. yeah. That would have been great. 
we're glad that he didn't. We wasn't wheezing the juice with Polly Shore for forty minutes. <laughs> he could play Polly Shore's dad. Polly Shore could play Polly Shore's dad. He was on the Joe Rogan show like a couple weeks oh, ago. Of course he was. He looks rough, buddy. Yeah, well, he's um, perfect for the Joe Rogan show. But uh, whatever. Yes, he I, is. <laughs> yes. yes, he was. It was great. Uh, I, and then I just, I it's hard for me to even know what was going on. I was so frustrated the whole time. Cisco, Cisco has an acid flashback for a dream where he has well, like yeah. an orb shadow and he's like oh shit this is a dumbass dream isn't it yes and then Julian is like well don't you want to know what it means and he's like sure I know what it means I was tripping balls man I was tripping balls <laughs> you tell me you can fix this fix it yeah. I, I like I like everything the way Cisco goes about it like after he gives it up but like it was like a I don't know it just seemed like that he should have known. I don't what know. He, it just he, seems like they. It seems like the Bajorans thought their country were one thing, and then all of a sudden somebody <laughs> makes a dumb decision, and now they live in hell world. <laughs> right. And it was frustrating to me, in a way that like I wasn't like I, I didn't think this show could like affect me that way. Huh. So, and, and I think it was a little bit of the religion tapped onto it, because I, I don't know. Because we view religion as frustrating bullshit. Yeah. I mean, unless it yeah. does. The job of comforting you in a time of need. Yeah, and I guess that maybe other, maybe, other stuff seems like extra baggage. At well, times. when it's used to like tell people that you're less, you know, oh, you're I'm Tanari, you're Ilvala. Here, take my chair. Or that was gross. Know. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of that kind of stuff I find odious because I'm more even more than being an atheist, which I guess I'm comfortable saying I'm an atheist. Um, like even more than that, I'm an egalitarian. So that kind of stuff just bugs me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and, and seeing that, and it was like a new order, and then seeing that, like, it, but like, Nana Visitor's pretty great in this. Yeah. And seeing how it. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that heartbreaking oh, scene yeah, where she yeah. quits oh and tells and tells Cisco, oh, man, that was a great scene. Yeah. The force, I think that force shift rotation works great. It's like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to lock yeah. it in. That's from Starship Down, the last where she cried over the emissary. They talk about that, and then oh yeah, but yeah, then yeah. yeah, where she talks about her oh you should meet with this Jatarn guy. He's like why? What? He's like well, and she's like oh the shit, I guess because I'm gonna quit. And he goes on a, like a shit fit. What is he? He throws like a tantrum it over something. It's not a tantrum. He just gets emotional. Not over her quitting. He 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 goes well, he a tantrum he, he, that interrupts her. Yeah, because he's frustrated. And then she's like I don't want to tell you this. Oh, it's because he's <laughs> he's because right he's feeling like shit. Because like he had one job, and that was to get. Bajor to join the Federation. That's yeah. And mm-hmm. he, he realizes that by abdicating, he kind of fucked that up. That's right. And he's like, Oh, well, was he talking about that? He might lose his job. Yes, he did. Well, yeah. Starfleet's pissed at him because yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean by the shows. The show's no longer a Starfleet show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's when, that's when this gets the most interesting from here on out. Basically, I mean, he's going to do other stuff. I mean, like, we have got the Dominion War. It's no secret that that's right. coming up. Mm-hmm. But that's not the end game for Cisco. This this whole series is about Cisco's journey from, you know, yeah, yeah. the beginning, uh, you know, stuff to, and this is like a big turning point in that journey. It's kind of like, that's what makes the original Star Trek movies so interesting. Because they're no longer about the five-year mission. They're no, it's no longer tied to the Federation's wants and needs. It's a story, their stories about a group of old friends and their loyalty to each other. Yeah, yeah. That's the appeal, the enduring appeal to the original crew's movies. Yeah, which is why I think it was like when you read, like a lot of people are posting like things about the, the negative fan reaction to Next Generation when it was announced. And yeah. And it was all about like this isn't Shatner, this isn't Spock. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's because they associated Star Trek with a handful of characters, as opposed to a type of story about a a future. Right. Or later to as Star Star Trek fans now, right. and me included, were fans of the universe, not the pieces in it. Right. The world building that they did. Yes, yeah. they're fucking up the universe. <laughs> That's why people right, get all right, sorts right, right. of heated over Klingon looks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and then it's that grand, you know, that kind of optimistic future. Right. And they're like, oh, they're going full JJ action with it. That's not what I want my, you know, but Yeah, that's I, not the universe. Yeah. But, you know, I'm I'm up so, I'm optimistic, but this is yeah, not that yeah, podcast. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> uh, yeah, her she's like Jatar in my replacement and the whole like, oh, you can replace. You'll find he'll be he'll be great. And his response 
where he's like, sure, I, he'll be a fine first officer, but to re, but to replace you, and he starts tearing up. But to replace you. Pretty great. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. That was some gut wrenching stuff. That was yeah, like 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 Cisco fucked up and went through like the whole the whole gamut of emotions, and it was all very real. Like I, that's what it was. Like if this show was happily handled as like one of the shows from the second season, I probably wouldn't. Have, this show wouldn't have touched a nerve in me at all. But it was so well done that it was, and it is important. But that everything about it was so frustrating. Right. Right. And and that that can only come from good good yeah, yeah. a job well done yeah yeah then Julian and Quark and O'Brien have a scene but we already went over that but then it cuts straight to Vedic Portajohn just f- straight up kills a motherfucker I pushed him yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. yes that was uh, uh, <laughs> that was the most jarring. Like I like how they everybody's got to go to the back to to their the jaras, but there's no grace period. We're already pushing fuckers off of ledges and stuff. I pushed him. Right. Well, the guy was uh, like he was in a muda class. That's the lowest. That's like the the classless. He's he's handles the dead. If I'm late on my water bill, they give me thirty days before they'll shut it off. Are you telling me my Dejaro is effective immediately before I get shoved? That's pretty- yeah, that that yeah, yeah. And he was that guy was he wouldn't bow down as a Vedic. The guy was a Vedic, but he was in a Muda class. You know, that's not, that's the classless. So that is some extremism right there. And I think that's yeah. That, I mean, obviously, that's the linchpin to you know unfolding the third act. Yeah, I mean, that's when Cisco says like, uh, uh-uh. they're pushing Cisco, but you see it in. Kira's eyes. Yeah, she's horrified. You know, it's like what they always say about like working with horrible people like Donald Trump or whatever, is that you have to ask yourself, is there a line that you won't cross? Because you're going to have to like, because he's going to ask you to cross it. Right. Like, I think that that was like the Like, what are you not willing to do for this <laughs> dumb fucking shit? Right. It's like, well, it's like she realizes the pastor that she trusted is a fucking pedophile or yeah, something. Yeah, for the fourth time in the show, by the, or third, second time in the show. Yeah, but, I mean, and but he's just like totally, yeah, of course. I pushed it. And it's just like a sociopath. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. I, oh, man. It's the will of the prophets. Yeah. And then Akaram's like, yeah, this shit's going to happen. But I'm the emissary. And that's what she says. <laughs> Come that's on. What she says this sort of, she goes like, she says to Cisco, you don't know what the majority people would have done if you just asked them. And like. Yeah, she's like, we would have done whatever you asked. And, and, and I, I just thought like, and he should say, you, that's creepy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's gross. That makes you people idiots. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so I could have joined, I could have made them join the Federation right. like two years ago. Back to, <laughs> yeah. back to religion being frustrating uh, bullshit. That's where. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I guess that at this point, Cisco's like, I. Yeah. Fuck it. I want my old job back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and they go, why? And he goes, cause. And then, they, and then they do the most sensible thing that's ever been done when it comes to Bajor or the prophets. <laughs> yes. They just go ask the prophets directly. That's like the most sensible thing. Like, oh, we're not going to settle this by arguing. Let's fight motherfuckers. Like, oh, no, no, no. Well, no, that's not what we're doing. We're going to go ask the prophets. You and I are going to take a shuttlecraft, just us, and then only one of us is coming back. Yeah. I mean, but they're asking the prophets, and the prophets give them a whole spiel. If y'all want to talk about that. Yeah. It, well, 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 other than the, the prophets act like they're fucking obtuse about the whole thing, they can't just, just because they take place outside of time and space. They're still limited in their capacity to understand things. Yeah. And they the, have to have things explained to them. I, yeah. And like, it's a little frustrating to watch. The, he was like, I'm, I was first. And like, they're like, first? Later? What yeah, the fuck? Yeah. And Cisco is, Cisco's like, I got this. I know. They don't understand time, man. <laughs> Just chill yeah. out. And, the, and then they're, they're like, what's this emissary? What's this emissary shit? Yeah. We are of Bajor. That's the Cisco. Da who was? I don't know. Yeah. So they don't, they don't, I guess they call him the Cisco. Which yes. is, I think you're supposed to think at this point, sorry, is, is adorable dumbery. Like, like them just like getting his name wrong or something. Right. And then they get, then they say the line that almost is nonsense. Right. Like in this episode, but it, it pays to not be nonsense later. Yes. It, oh, that's the thing about the prophets. Every time the prophets say something, it's almost nonsense. Yeah, but then they, yeah. they reward this. 
in future seasons that you are ba- you are Bajor or you we are, are of Bajor right you are of Bajor we are of Bajor we are of Bajor you right. are of Bajor and so they, they basically what t- the fuck they, Sammy? they basically tell Porta Borat that he's oh uh, god that's right yeah well he's like why did you send me here and it's like oh we did that for him for the Cisco it's like yeah and he's like oh shit <laughs> And he's like, oh, I wish I just died. And they're like, we can do that. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, 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 don't kill him. Yeah, and Cisco has to stop him from like, no, 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 no. How about we just fuck up the timeline instead? Yeah. And how they, okay, so then they fuck up the timeline in a weird way. Right. First off, so they leave. Cisco's now, like, the guy goes back to his original time, right? Yeah. So he can see, he can see my wife. My wife. Right. He does. Yeah. And then Cisco comes out of the wormhole hole alone. And why like, didn't everybody just assume that he killed Borat? That's like, what I'm saying. Like, like, I don't understand. Like, that's the most suspicious thing he could have done. <laughs> right. Oh, I got, oh, I got a plan. Just you and me. Let's get in the shuttlecraft. <laughs> uh, we'll let this, we'll let the prophets <laughs> sort it out. I'm doing quote fingers, by the way. He's like Polly Wallace. Get in, get in the shuttle. I'm not yeah. asking. Get in the shuttle. He's like, all right, just you and me. We're, we're going on a boat ride. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you and me, come on. You want to go on a car trip? Yeah, we're going for a ride. Come you on. You want to go into Stugatz? <laughs> I, I don't understand that. And it was like no one had a question about it. And yet again, it's another thing that makes <laughs> Jordan's look dumb. That's religion, man. You don't hate the emissary again. <laughs> you don't question that shit. So wait, some guy can just come into like... I mean, I hate, I don't know. A guy can't come in and say, no, I'm the Pope. And then like, then the Pope can go, <laughs> yeah. you're right. I'm going to quit. And then, the, okay, I'm the Pope. Wait, 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 wait. That's what happened. <laughs> like, well, we had a Pope yeah. do that. Well, yeah, but okay. But if Ratzinger came back and said, I want to be the Pope again, they'll tell him to eat a dick. <laughs> right. Like, they're not going to say, well, Ratzinger and, and the Pope Jonathan Price are going to get on a ship <laughs> and go somewhere. And if one of them comes back, no questions <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why he's not the Pope. Sure. The emissary is a relatively new position in their religion. So they do that, and then it also seems to be that they remember him coming in and fucking up their total society in like 40 minutes. But he also, he's now like didn't die in the past. Yeah, because they're gods. They can do whatever they want. Like, <laughs> and usually, and then Kira even points it out. like, wait a minute. If they fucked up the timeline, how come I remember the old timeline too? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That's well, that's just religion, man. He's like, well, the prophets work in mysterious ways. You can't figure it out. And I know that's frustrating for y'all, but that's kind of the whole thesis of the episode as far as it stands on religious shit. It's like it doesn't whoa, make sense. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, no. You know what? And I was fine with the time travel thing because... Yeah, I don't want to... Okay, so the thesis of the episode is that the Cisco is... Cisco is the image. Yeah, yeah. Like, like they, they verify that. I think if the thesis was religion... It's a mystery. That religion is a mystery. Then I'm. Un- but he's the emissary. But he, the emissary is just a label that the Bajorans have for it. It's just them a trip. That's but okay. Okay. No, no, no. Let me clarify. They're making a story out of what Let the wormhole aliens are doing. Okay. So I think, and I know because I've seen the show, but. If you're watching the show up to this point, which is essentially kind of, it's easy for me to do that while we've been making this podcast, yeah. because it's been so long since I've watched a lot of these episodes. So if you're going along now, up until this point, you could say there are some next level shit aliens living in this hole in space and these planet that's near it worships them. And this guy went there and did some normal Star Trekky shit. And now the planet believes that he is preferred by the aliens that live in the hole the guy who came out knows that the aliens are just aliens they're not gods and don't give a shit about the bajorans and he's nice enough in the federation he's nice enough in the federation has principles that he can't just say that to the bajoran people so they all have to kind of play along and i was fine like that seems like a balance that works for me and i know that like i said i'm aware that that it was not i knew this was coming but now you have confirmation that not only they're 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 higher level aliens. I don't think they ever changed that. Right. But that they are they're not like creative universe creating beings. But they do take care of the Bajorans and they do guide them through like time traveling in mysterious through mysterious means. Yeah. Uh, through supernatural, what would be supernatural means? But it's not nat supernatural. Yeah, I guess. So, but they're but oh, but so now that you know that like the Cisco is actually deified because the the aliens do did send him back for a purpose that involves Bajor. 
So all of the emissary shit is true. He is the emissary. Yeah. And so you have to kind of adapt that now. And so now you're you're having to meet it. Like, so now I have to like accept it. And now looking at it critically, the Bajorans just seem like fucking sheep to me. At first I just thought they were dumb, but they were getting better. But now it's like, no, that the, there's a higher level aliens that are actually are manipulating them. It's benign, but it's manipulation. And I don't and I get that it wants to be a parallel for religion, but I don't think that any of these writers are religious. Yeah. And so I think they're writing it like that would have made it would have made a, a big difference if they had some artists. I, I think they're I think they're like me. They're they're like me and they're trying to understand you. They're trying <laughs> to Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, one of the things I liked about this scene is whenever the guy finds out that he's not the emissary, yeah. he doesn't have a shit fit right there. You know what I mean? You know, he goes, well, why did you bring, why did you heal me? You know, mm-hmm. and he, he's got more questions, for, you know. His, yeah, and he's like, well. It was rather, I don't know, I liked Fletch's boss. I thought, <laughs> I thought he was good. Okay, yeah. so I'm not your prophet, but I can actually go back to my wife and family. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> like, I can go back right. to the comfortable land where there's mud people. That's a good deal. <laughs> where we don't have to talk. With yeah. And they're, and they're like, well, you won't remember anything. It's like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> this <laughs> horrible future. that, like, like, <laughs> yeah. This horrible future of egalitarianism and equal and, and, and becoming a part of a greater and bigger organization. Sounds horrible. Yeah. <laughs> All these hashtag globalists. <laughs> right. Look, and Cisco's just like, can I just go back to Deep Space Nine and say some words to this little girl's quinceanera? <laughs> 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 or Kator Serena, yeah. Or it's like her 14th birthday. <laughs> it's the same it's thing. It's the Itanu ceremony, but yeah, it's a quinceanera. It's the same thing. And so now, officially, he is... He is the, the emissary, like in his mind. Yeah, and that's what's changed. Like, yeah, when he goes, he's got to go. Like, yeah. the emissary has to take a shit. Like, you know, he's not like he's <laughs> he's the emissary in his own mind. And and I knew this was coming, and that was fine. And it's just like like every way to get there was just it was like it was personally irritating. Well, somebody had to die, James. I mean, that's how bad it got. Yeah, somebody did have. Yeah, so I I loved this episode because it it does what good TV is supposed to do. But ugh. before we get to the rewatch meter, you guys got any final thoughts? Uh, on it? I think I covered most everything. All right. Oh, wait, I guess we should say, you know, because she's not on the show anymore after this. Kyle Pack, uh, Kyle Pack, uh, uh, what do we call? Oh, Paca. Kyle. I call her Kyle Packa. Uh, Kyle Packa. Yeah, she was in this. She came back for this. Kyle uh, Packa. Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah. For his, for his. Uh, it's her last uh, appearance. Yeah, she yeah. still looks like my mother-in-law. <laughs> She showed up and said, who are you? Who are you? We, we forgot to talk about one great scene in oh, this. Yes. And that was the wharf overhearing yes. that Keiko was oh, pregnant. Oh, okay, yes. And I did write notes on that. We could backtrack just for a second. Oh, and I like Cork. Like, yeah, oh. that was a great scene. Because Michael Doran's mm. reaction, yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, like right, right now. Now? No. You know, that was great. And then yeah. we got a little callback to some next generation. I mean, that was a really good little bit. I, I kind of wish they'd made that because they sold the joke immediately. Yeah. The, she said, my wife's having a baby. He's what right now. No. And I got it because I remember that episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, but like, and then they had to like explain it. Sure. And I get it. That's fine. But I, I kind of like, uh, I'm going to be gone in seven. When, when is it? OK, I'm, I'm not going to be here. Yeah. And I'm going to be gone. I'm, I'm going to be out to visit my parents. On Earth. Uh, and I like Quark's joke of, like, Bashir comes in and says, Hey, Quark, you hear the good news about Brian's pregnant? It's like, what? what, what? I thought your women gave birth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> wife. Yeah, that was a nice, that was a, that was a great scene. A great call, you know, a great callback to a really mm-hmm. good uh, Next Generation episode. I don't know the name of it off the yeah, top of yeah, my head, no, but good. it's it's one yeah. I would rewatch. If I was going to do a rewatch of Next Generation, I'd go to the... Keiko gives birth to Molly episode, yeah. which leads me. Well, I was going to point out, like, do you think I was going to ask you guys real quick? You know, like, what a clusterfuck this Keiko pregnancy is in the show. <laughs> do you think that they did this intentionally? I don't want to spoil yes. it for future because this is so. This is probably pretty boring. But do you think they intentionally made Keiko pregnant to do the fucking weirdo plot line that they do with it? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Like I can't say anymore without spoilers. I don't know. It's something I'm going to keep my an eye out for. Maybe we need to re- read yeah, up. Yeah. Cause on. it didn't memory alpha didn't say, and usually they would say on something like that. Yeah. Well, but, it feels like a very personal thing that they wouldn't be talking about to the press. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Just put it that way. So, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so we're going to go back to the end. Of All it. right. Where do you guys on the rewatch meter? Where would you put this? 
particular episode. Well, my rewatch meter has a lot to do personally with just the arc of the series, so it's got to be in there, I guess. Eh, no, actually, it doesn't. I give it a seven. I'm going to give it a six just because I found it so frustrating. <laughs> I don't mind. Like, if you ask me, like, what is the rank, the rating, what I should rate this episode, it's, it's way high. But I don't know if I want to sit through this again. Right, right, right. Uh, well, I would probably, this would be a 10 for me. Mm. Uh, it hits a lot of buttons for me. I mean, it's a pivotal, it's pivotal in the whole, like in the scope of the whole series. Oh, it's, uh, pretty damn pivotal. Right. And that's, and that's, but also we've got a lot of great Cisco scenes. Yeah. And we got, we got the, the humor with Worf, uh, O'Brien and Bashir. We get the, just the right amount of them. Great Keiko stuff. You know that this is a strong evolution for you, right? Uh, you've, played, you've, sung, the, you've made several cases that O'Brien and Bashir. Oh, I think they've righted the ship this season with O'Brien and Bashir. No, but like I think even early on, I remember us like asking you, "Do you not think that that develops well?" And you said, "No." I, I, I just, I, I'm wondering if you are, are you having a realization in your rewatch? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think okay. I definitely. Okay. I, I feel like yes, it's been handled better than I remembered. Okay. Yeah. I think right. they've, they've they've it's progressed where I don't think they overestimate how interesting it is. I felt like they were background players for for a lot of this season and i think rightly so yeah yeah they like, needed to... the show shouldn't be the o'brien and bashir show no and i, I think they realize that so mm -hmm. we do have a couple of heavy o'brien episodes o'brien next week i think right yeah yeah next week and then the it's week pretty out. heavy that's yeah but we should do what do we rate this one is that where we're at ah yes what do you guys guess the good people of imdb rated this they hate these bajor episodes so i'll go with they do I'll go with a 7.6. I'll even undershoot that 7.4. Well, neither one of you undershot enough. <laughs> 642 people voted for this, and it's a 7.2. Yeah. People do not like this episode, I guess. They hate the... Or, or I guess it's just, they're just lukewarm on it, I guess. Yeah. After season two, I think, or something in season three, they had to fight for every Bourbon religion episode. From this point on. And they say that in Memory Alpha. Oh, yeah. Like, and it was because well, the suits hated the episodes because... Because it tested very poorly. Yeah, well, you can actually say, you can make a case for that, that the people who are religious don't like seeing themselves in these people. Sure. And the people who aren't religious don't like seeing religious people. Yeah. They don't like to see Kira. They don't like that Kira is like a weird Mormon. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Nana Visitor likes it. She's a weird Mormon. Yeah, <laughs> like and, like after we're, yeah. well, that gets in. Oh yeah. yeah, but like none of these people sort of appreciate. There's no you're there's no you're not playing to any audience because if they're atheistic or agnostic or just like they they're not liking these episodes because it's too much like church, and the people <laughs> who go to church don't like it because it's too much like the devil. So there's no way to thread this needle. But I like it. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Sure. I, I, I like it and it's frustrating. I like it because it confronts a lot of these issues. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, I guess now would be the time to get into... Well, I'll just say that next week is a... Oh, yeah. Next week. It's a pretty pivotal Worf and O'Brien episode. It's called Rules of Engagement. Oh. And it, it basically... a. Uh, Worf shoots an unarmed black kid. Ooh, I don't know. Like that that's one. kind of like how it's dealt with. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I don't mean to like touch on a nerve, but it's played like he... Yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff. And it's played as like a court trial. It's one of them important episodes. Oh, my God. And then we get one of our best episodes after that. Oh, which was the that, Is it O'Brien Must Suffer? Yes. yes. Oh, the, the definitive O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. The yeah. definitive O'Brien Must Suffer. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought that was next week. Yeah, no. O'Brien yeah. is that. so, yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, man. We had one of those in a long, long time. Yeah. I like that when they want to show O'Brien is had a shitty life. They make him look more like me. <laughs> uh, so anyway, all right. All right. Uh, yeah, so we got we got a lot of O'Brien coming ahead. Because O'Brien's yeah. key in the other episode, too. All right. So, all right, well, we're going to skip the voicemails this week. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. We're, yeah, just in the interest of time and with discovery and everything. And we've gone long, so we don't want to keep you here too long. So we'll go ahead, give us a call, uh, give us the feedback. So, But we will use it, I promise, at 917-408-3898. Listen to a Discovery Home Companion. Check out the Patreon. 
do all the other things that everybody wants you to do. James, you got anything yeah. to plug? Uh, go check out my YouTube uh, page where I, I make videos, political videos and stuff like that. Uh, uh, it's pretty interesting stuff. So if you haven't went and checked that out yet, please do. It takes up most of my time and I like it. So go check it out. What's it called again? <laughs> I should sell these things. Forever James's on YouTube. You can check it out from there. All right. Uh, I've got a daily comic strip called Crimes Against Humanities, and you can check that out at crimesagainsthumanities.tumblr.com or type in Crimes Against Humanities in your Facebook search, and you can find the page. That's it for me. Yep, that's it. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to this week's Rules of Acquisition. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you come back next week, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. What does that mean? You are of Bajor. So, on that note, three to beam out. Yep. Beep. Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line, where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you Blue Apron snacks and underwear made out of Modal. The number is 917 408 3898 that number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are, that is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication we know you love that. Again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.